Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. I hope you're doing well. I missed you guys these past two weeks. I'm very excited to get back into the swing of things. So fun to have some time off. I'm currently in Nicaragua for my friend's wedding, um, and you know, it's just crazy. I was on the flight. I was on a layover in Houston and the Epstein documents dropped, which I know a lot of you come to this podcast for. So anyway, it's been this crazy whirlwind of like me on flights, sitting next to people, reading through the documents, trying to make the font very, very tiny when it talks about a puppet of Prince Andrew was touching the minor's breast and all of this stuff. I was like, ooh. anyway, um, If you want to talk about Epstein stuff, we have done two episodes over on Patreon. One of them is public. So you don't need to be a member. It's free. Anybody can listen to it. It's just patreon.com slash fluently forward. That episode, I think, is pages like 200 through 450 that I read of the, I think, 950 document drop of like deposition and new stuff about the Epstein case. Then we have another video that's pages zero to 200. That's like a 40 minute episode over on Patreon about that. I will probably be getting together with Jenny from the Red Room podcast. You know and love her. She's like such a fluently forward favorite over here. And we will probably be doing an episode next week, maybe later on. It seems like all throughout January, more Epstein stuff is going to be coming out and the shit's going to be hitting the wall. And Jenny is so on the same page as me where we're into conspiracy theories. But we, I'm not going to pull any weird stuff with you guys about how, I don't know children's baby blood and in the meantime this week we have back another fluently forward favorite emily rose from it's become a whole thing you've heard her on here before over on patreon we did a episode about mushrooms that weirdly enough was like one of our most favorited patreon episodes everybody loved and it wasn't even just mushrooms that get you high we also talked about mushrooms and the incredible things that they can do did you know that mushroom sorry like i'm i can't help myself I'm crazy about mushrooms. There are types of mushrooms that can literally digest plastic and they can also clean up oil spills. Like I swear to God, mushrooms are either going to kill us or save us. We got into it over on Patreon. Like, God, I'm just obsessed about mushrooms. If you haven't watched the Netflix documentary, Fantastic Fungi, you have to check it out. Anyway, so we had to have Emily come back and this was a great, funny episode. Basically, we take... um a celebrity story of their involvement throughout the years with a sex toy or a story that they have with it. We tell that story. It's usually some sort of funny, lighthearted thing. And then we dive into the history of the sex item. Because a couple months ago, I I thought to myself, who made the first dildo? And what was it made out of? And when did people start using these things? And I don't know, I've just got this pervy curiosity. And of course, there's a celebrity tie-in. So we're going to have some fun with a nice, very, very long episode talking all about that. So kick back, relax, (laughs) vibe up, join us for a fun episode. Without further ado, here is Emily. Welcome back to the show, Emily Rose. How you doing? How's it going? Happy to have you here. I'm great. It's always good to sit down for a recording that really just feels like an excuse to hang out. Yeah, it does. (laughs) We're going to have fun with this one, too, because this was, um, I have wanted to do an episode like this. You know, it's kind of the cross-section of being a creep and a pervert is kind of like this episode, basically. But also, I have a deep love for history, and I feel like every time you and I collab on something, we kind of go off on, like, historical tangents. So I feel like you also share that love, right? We love trivia. Yes. 
Yes. And I feel like pop culture and pop culture gossip and history, it's kind of, and conspiracy theories, they're kind of like chipping away. True crime would also fall into this section. But, you know, I thought it would be a great chance today to blend together different celebrity sex toy scandals or encounters. And then we'll kind of take it sex toy by sex toy. We'll talk about the celebrity encounter that goes along with that sex toy. And then we'll do a little bit of history because the other day I was thinking, like, when was the first dildo created and what was it made out of and who used it? And I kind of wanted an excuse to look into that. So, you know, it's going to be both salacious, but we're also going to learn something, right? So before we start, if you had to pick uh, the sex toy that you think is going to have the most drama associated with it for this episode, I'll tell you that we are covering cock rings, sex furniture, condoms, dildos, and butt plugs. Which one are you most looking forward to? I'm going to say sex furniture because I feel like there's a lot of room for different things to go wrong, both in like the setup, injury, just it being like on display. It's kind of hard to tuck away in your house. Um, But if you're a celebrity, maybe you don't have that problem. Speaking of tucking things away, too, I got in trouble on TikTok because I made a video that, of course, it's always the videos that I make like offhandedly and I don't want anybody to see that ended up getting like 2 million views. And it was my suggestion for what to say when you have to take a poop on a date, like early on in dating. And basically I told the story about how I was on a second date with a guy. We were about to go ice skating. Um, He came back, he went to the bathroom. We were at a bar. He was gone for 15 minutes. He came back and he came back to the bar saying, sorry about that. had to take a shit. And then he sat down, which, you know, didn't make me feel very womanly or very romanced. So I said in this TikTok video, If you ever have to take a dump on a date and you're like away for a long time, just come back to the table and say, sorry about that. The line was long, you know, or sorry about that. Got a phone call, you know, something to like say, I apologize for leaving you alone for a long time, but I don't need to tell you what's happening. And the amount of people who were like, you are a poop shamer. You're like shaming people for natural things. I got so much shit for it. And like, usually I can predict when I'm about to get shit online. I could not predict that. But we were talking in the group chat about how like, It's just a woman thing to be shamed of poop. And some of us hide our squatty potties when company comes over, because even though literally everybody poops, you feel uncomfortable having the squatty potty out. I don't know why. I know. Okay. First, the backlash you got for that made me want to- The backsplash. (laughs) Yes. The (laughs) shitty shit water backsplash that you got for that (laughs) made me want to light my phone on fire because I was like, what is wrong with people? You're not saying don't talk about poop ever. You're saying like on a first date- also while eating like you're you've just met this person just just say a white lie just do something other than being like yeah i just took a big shit and and i'm like the queen of like i'll look at my boyfriend and like peak humor to me is i'll say i have to tell you something and then i fart and but that's (laughs) this is like a while into the relationship i didn't lead with that yeah hundred percent. Like every girl knows like, if, you know, the first, when you're in the first month, you spread your butt cheeks open wide when you're on the toilet to fart. Okay. And if you go on vacation, you go down to the hotel lobby to poop. And that's just the, that's just the nature of how things work in the first month. And then you get to do whatever, but yeah, then it yeah. turned into a whole thing too, where people were like, if you're neurodivergent, sometimes like you can't help what comes out of your mouth. So like, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, dude, manners though like manners and respect the point here is like it's not a cardinal sin to do something like that i'm just offering a helpful sentence of what you could say instead if you maybe want to get laid that date you know 
yeah, look, we're all, <laughs> we're all dealing with our struggles. I think I was the one in the group chat who I said that I, I had my squatty potty the first time, the first time I had my man over and then true love was finding out that he also hit his squatty potty. <laughs> Which is okay. This is so cringe, but like I want to get a bidet so bad, but I feel like I can't because then people will know that I use it and I contain an asshole like, you know, every single human body on earth does. But anyway, it's just like, I don't know why. It's just, it's a stigma. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You can think of it as like people would see you as European and sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. And just that girl's so cool with her bidet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to know sometimes that your friends have squeaky clean assholes. Yeah, it's the only type of friend I want to be with, clean as a whistle butthole. Absolutely. Well, let's first talk, and we'll, real quick, Squatty Potty, does that count as sex furniture? I say no because it's pushing things out, but I'm sure you could use it somehow. Ooh, yeah, it kind of feels illegal. Like, in the same way that if you were, like, I don't know, like, with your partner crashing at, like, your grandma's house, you know, it's just, it, yeah, it's... There's nothing sexy about it, but I'm glad I'm not the only one in that chat who is saying that I I like to hide it when I guess over. I don't know what, what it is. I guess, yeah, it's the bidet. Like, we all know that we go, but there's just something unsavory about it. But I guess yeah. any furniture could be sex furniture if you really <laughs> are creative enough. One of the first, and then, and then we'll get into that. We'll start with Lenny Kravitz, but one of the first porn videos I ever watched in my life when I was a kid I actually thought it was illegal to watch porn I don't know why so I only watched like cartoons doing stuff for like the first few years which actually probably explains a lot about me now that I'm thinking about it. actually <laughs> but it explains <laughs> so much <laughs> you need there you go you got the puzzle piece figured out but I remember I went onto a porn website and it was just like an ad popped up, you know, because I didn't know what to click. And I feel like that's why so many younger kids, because people consume porn at younger and younger ages. And I feel like it fucks you up so much because you're watching porn before you're experiencing actually having sex. So you don't know what to type into the search bar because you don't know what you like. Like you've never had sex before. So instead, it's all of the trending searches and the pop ups. But then they tell you what sex is like before you can tell yourself. So then you end up getting into like really, really dark stuff and like deeper and deeper and like whatever but um one of the pop-ups that came up was a woman <gasps> I still remember this as a kid I think it like scarred me and she was like lowering herself onto like one of the posts on a four post bed you know like an old ancient Victorian <gasps> one where it's like a bunch of spindles and oh, like no. you know kind of like wah 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 and it goes up and she was like sitting on it and I don't think, I mean, technically that counts as sex furniture. Like anything can be used. Anything can, anything will. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then I went, nope, cartoons for me. <laughs> you just, you actually just awakened a memory. We're really getting into it. Um, yeah. In the video store back in the day when you would go to just rent videos, it wasn't Blockbuster <laughs> because I don't think Blockbuster did this. They had this roped off section that was porn. Like you and yes, and you weren't supposed to kids weren't supposed to go in. But I think I just wandered. I like snuck in um, <laughs> just to see what was behind the curtain should not have been there for many reasons. But the first thing I saw was this. It was like a German porn, like the titles in German. And it was a woman with like a beer stein, like lowering herself onto like a, you know, those glass mm -hmm. the, yes. the things you chug a guinness or not a guinness those like with the handle yeah the thing that's like really heavy. sometimes i need two hands to pick it up that thing's freaking huge yeah so 
I didn't Jesus. fully know what I was looking at, but I learned about the elasticity of the human <laughs> vagina that day. And then I wandered out wide-eyed. <laughs> totally. You're like walking a little bit different. You're like, like, oh my God, my body contains that. Yeah. My body can, I don't, I don't think I connected that to myself. I don't think it's, I think it took a few years to really understand what I was looking at, but I was like, it yeah. was not what I expected to, to see. Yeah. Dude, the human, if there's anything I've learned from like seeing certain things online, it's that the human body is adaptable. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yes. Very, very adaptable, dude. Yes. Shockingly okay, resilient. Well... <laughs> Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box, and they do sourdough breads, fresh pastas, artisanal pastries, and every item in your box, you bake it from frozen in 25 minutes or less. So, what I had in my box was some frozen croissants that when my parents were over, I just baked it for all of us. I had this great sourdough bread that I was able to bake and then slice up into little crostinis. It's really fantastic. You guys know that I absolutely love carbs. And now you can fully customize your wild grain box. So you can get any combo of breads, pastas, and pastries that you want. Maybe you want to do, I don't know, all bread for a soup party, all pasta, all pastries. Maybe you're having a brunch. Also, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box. You just got to go to wildgrain.com slash fluently to start your subscription. You heard me. That is free croissants in every box and $30 off of your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash fluently. That is wildgrain.com slash fluently, or you can use the promo code fluently at checkout. Let's start things off with um, the cock ring, okay? And the story I have for this is one that tickles me so much. It is Lenny Kravitz and his cock ring. And first, I just want to give a special shout out. Lenny Kravitz is so hot. He's hot enough that he was able to make the name Lenny sexy. And Lenny is like, sorry to any Lenny's listening, but like it's kind of giving accountant. You know what I mean? It's giving like Henry from Ugly Betty. That's like Lenny to me. Lenny Kravitz, I'm just convinced he has like the stinkiest pheromones in a good way in all of Hollywood. And he was like with Nicole Kidman. Like he's just sexy in an effortless way. Like an alluring musk. Yeah. yeah, he definitely smells musky. He probably smells really good. And I imagine he just like has the type of eyes. I'm almost seeing like Scorpio rising or a little bit of like Prince inside of him. Yeah. He's just hot without trying. And I feel like he could get anyone to fall in love with him. Like him being with Nicole Kidman was so... I always love like unique pairings of couples that nobody expect. But like I think he could pull literally any type of person ever. That's true. He... Now that you're saying that, he is the first guy that I think I found really hot in a big scarf. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who was the second? I think Bernie just, Sanders? I think that's <laughs> his mittens. No, I think actually first and only, like, I don't, I, I just, I see a big scarf and like, it's not like it's unappealing to me. We all got to do what we have to do in the winter, but with him, mm. he just, he makes it look hot. I feel like Lenny Kravitz is like who Jared Leto wants to be. Like, I bet they, I think they both have serious eye contact. On Lenny, it's hot. On Jared, it's creepy. I think that when Lenny does like a brave fashion choice, he pulls it off. When Jared Leto dresses up as a cat for the Met Gala, it just comes across as cringe. But yeah, I just feel like he might be Jared Leto's blueprint, kind of. Yeah. You know, when you're getting read to filth by Northwest, that you're just, <laughs> you missed the mark. Like, not even the kids are buying it. <laughs> 100%. She, she knew what was right about that. Mm -hmm. So Lenny's had this uh, situation happen to him back in 2015. Do you remember hearing about how his pants split and his penis fell out on stage? Yes. 
Yes, okay, I do. Yeah, me too. And like people talked about it for a bit, but then it kind of fell off. And I, as Taylor, to quote Taylor Swift, I stayed there, just collected on my pinned up hair and my pants split and you saw my derriere. Anyway, but <laughs> in 2015, he was performing in Stockholm, Sweden. And our news articles actually reported, they said that he was um, performing Fly Away, but I watched the video multiple times recently and it wasn't. He was performing the song American Woman and he's, you know, rocking out on stage and he's kind of squatting down. Like he goes across the stage, he has his guitar and he kneels down into kind of a squat and the center of his leather pants rip open and immediately his schlong just bloop goes out. That's so true. And it almost... Touches the ground. It's such a vulnerable position to have your pants split open. Just yes, squat. Fully bare. Like fully bare. Like, and the whole thing just like came out. It was like a perfect hole for it to slide out of. And I guess one revelation is that he doesn't wear underwear. But then again, with tight leather pants, you kind of can't wear underwear, can you? I don't know. Because if I was up on stage... I just would be so paranoid about things like that happening. Like, you know, you know, when even pop stars wear like leotards, I'm nervous for them, even though I know I'm sure they have a system so that their their vag lips don't pop out. But I'm still nervous just watching that happen when it's a really like skinny one. Um, To quote uh, Tracy Jordan, I'm nervous and excited because like when Taylor (laughs) Swift in like the reputation onesie kind of thing does that like split on stage? I am the person zooming in on the labia lookout captain. Let me try and find it. You know, like, know. that's me. <laughs> I know. And I think my guess, or maybe this is something that I read is that they have some type of double tights situation, but it looks like legs, like they're some kind of high end shiny tights that looks like they don't have You got to get, much. you know what I'm going to say, Emily, like, God, I can't go like 10 days without talking about it you got to get a yeast infection because Taylor Swift, like you're running around, you're sweating, you're double padded up in there. There's, you know, moisture trapped. I bet, I don't know. That's what people aren't talking about. It's all ozempic and not enough yeast infections. Thank God, because I literally (laughs) think about this so much. Like I go to the gym once or twice and I'm at risk, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like a slightly warm spring day and I'm at risk. So... (laughs) People sweating in these tiny little tight outfits for hours yeah. on stage. I'm like, are you not just living with a permanent Easter? Or what are we? What are we doing? Can we have a conversation about this? If if Maybe, not, uh, what is their secret? Talk about forget the skincare line. Give us the vaginal health routine. You know, sell some D-manos, some cranberry supplements, some vaggie probiotics. Um, but maybe these people they have big entourages, so maybe they've got like a doucher or like a fan waiver, <laughs> you know, like a doula to help them with it or something. If I was famous, that would be my first round pick for an entourage member. <laughs> well, I've also thought about how I'm I'm a very sweaty person, so I was like I would have to have like cooling packs to not literally have Mm -hmm. sweat pouring down into my eyes just just from dancing around and and singing on stage Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean maybe maybe it's taboo or maybe they're holding out for that Vagisil ad money like (laughs) it's like it's like when celeb I'm thinking like was Lisa Rinna did a depends um adult diaper (laughs) commercial and she said it was like seven figures and so (laughs) maybe they're just holding out and they're like you know if things aren't going well for me I'll just I'll get that that is so money. Yeah. I mean, we know Eucora does a bunch of ads with people and stuff too. So 
it is out there. But dude, I'm with you. And also like that was how I knew that Taylor Swift got armpit Botox when back in the red era, she was on tour in the summer. And to stick to the aesthetic, she was wearing these like tight long sleeve t-shirts with stripes on them. And I was on pit watch not in the pit, but, you know, I was looking at her armpits from, you know, the balcony rows and not a single drop. And I was like, no way, dude. Like, definitely people are getting armpit Botox. She's got to do it for people like you zooming in on every crevice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, what's going you- on over here? hundred <laughs> percent. God. <laughs> yeah, crotch watch. <laughs> if we ever made jackets, that would be a crotch watch. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get back to the uh, the peen scene with Lenny Kravitz here. So when his uh, schlong basically flew out, he did, I want to set the scene too for anyone who hasn't seen the video, he had a good uh, recovery because his guitar was like right there in front of his crotch. So he kind of moved the guitar over his legs and somebody online said that he, he shuffled off Buffalo Bill style, which he definitely did. You know, when you tuck, when a guy tucks the penis behind his legs and kind of like winches back to pretend, make it look like they have a vagina. Like you could tell that Lenny kind of clammed up and Buffalo Bill style moved back a little bit. And then he ended up um, going off stage at the end of the song. What a professional stayed for the whole song. He returned in different pants. And when he came back, he just said to the crowd, sorry, I ripped my trousers. And people who were there in the crowd, they were like, it was insane. Like I killed myself laughing. My mom was at the show as well. She killed herself laughing as well. Like it was just really funny, but something caught people's eyes. There was a little sparkle, a little metallic sparkle in that area. Most people have determined he was wearing a cock ring. Okay. But some news articles said that he was pierced. He had an intimate piercing. And there is a woman who went on tour with Lenny Kravitz. Um, where was this? Well, she wrote a book called The Piercing Bible in 2009. Her name is Elaine Angel. And she was his personal piercer, allegedly, for two weeks when he was on tour. And she gave him specific piercings in intimate areas. So she said that uh, blah, 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 blah. He got a piercing. It hits the torso at the natural juncture where the penis joins the body and the torso. Quote, it hits the woman in the clitoris during intercourse. He's definitely a giver. He's into aesthetics and how it looks. But this one has function. It was meant to please women. Now, only a few articles were going with this piercing narrative. And I find it crazy. Like, I know that a piercer isn't a doctor. So the you know, they're not HIPAA compliant, but I feel like if you give someone a cock piercing, you can't like go and tell the news media about it. So what do you think in terms of, was it a piercing or was it a cock ring? Well, I, I've never used a cock ring because they scare me. The thought of, Mm. I, I just somehow have it in my head that I would be scared of them getting stuck. Like it just makes me feel claustrophobic, even though I wouldn't be the one wearing it. Like, cause Mm. But you think it would like get lost inside of you or something? Yeah, or just no, like stuck on their dick. Like I don't know. I guess oh, yeah. maybe I don't understand the full mechanics, and I'm sure that that they have it. The cock ring industry has it worked out, but <laughs> logistically, what what would be the purpose of having it on during a concert if it was a cock ring? Yes, yeah, so that's what everyone was asking too. Because so the purpose, and we'll get into this when we talk about the history of cock rings. But there's kind of like a twofold purpose for them. One, obviously, as you can imagine, it's kind of like a ring-shaped, you know, rubber silicone thing that goes at the shaft of the the base of the penis. And 
one benefit of it is that it kind of constricts the blood, right? So blood rushes to a penis. That's how you get an erection. And if you have the cock ring down there, all the blood that goes into the penis, it works on keeping it in there and it can't go back into the body. So it makes you harder for longer. It makes you bigger, like stuff like that. Then a lot of cock rings also have like a vibrating something at the top of it. So that way it can like brush up against the woman and make her feel good. So People were saying like, you really only wear a cock ring to please a woman during sex or to give yourself like a huge boner. So like, why would you be wearing one during a concert, you know? So maybe it was just, yeah, a bigger piercing. I, Cause I don't, I don't know. Like, remember when Janet Jackson had her boob reveal and she had that, that decoration on her nipple, like that kind of like pasty and, mm-hmm. and it was this big scandal cause it like wasn't supposed to happen, but it seem clear even just from the the pasty that it, it was yeah. but i don't think this was on purpose i don't think anyone would do this on purpose <laughs> especially not in a squat it's just not sexy <laughs> at all so no. i would imagine it would have to be a piercing unless he's he, unless too. he's into some freaky stuff and and is like yeah. playing games with himself on stage like try to get a boner or try not to get a boner i don't know <laughs> Maybe he plays better when he's bricked up or something. Well, so Lenny Kravitz allegedly responded to this incident. And like I said, it happened years ago. I could only find this text message in a few articles and they weren't satire articles, but I would have imagined this would have been like everywhere and there really wasn't much news of it. But allegedly, Steven Tyler texted Lenny Kravitz after this and Lenny Kravitz screenshot the text and then shared it. And Steven Tyler said to him, quote, dude, no underwear and pierced fuck me. You never showed me that shit. So (laughs) it sounds like allegedly maybe two of them think that it was a piercing. Other people think that it was a cock ring. So I guess we'll never know until he tells us, but let's go a little bit into the history of a penis ring because I just think that it's so funny. And also some people call them penis rings. Some people call them couples rings. Some people call them cock rings. Can we talk real quick about the word cock and how it's so aggressive? Like there's certain, like willy is fun and silly and penis is like health class and dick is like, you know, colloquial and cock is just like so aggressive, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a dick on steroids. Yeah. Like a cock like wants to like hit, a cock hits you in the face, you know, and a penis gives you a child. Like there's different actions for each word, I think. Yeah. Or wakes you up at dawn if it's a rooster like either way it's aggressive (laughs) it's nothing there's no asmr there's nothing soft there's nothing coquette about cock it's shrill and yeah there's it's it's happening yeah it uh it is the most uh in your face name yeah but in your face and down your throat yeah i'm gonna i okay i'm excited to get into the history of it but i just have to say first that i'm um Looking over the notes, like I'm impressed that there even is a history. I'm impressed that you yes. looked into it because I just would have thought it was a modern invention and wouldn't have looked back at when it started. Oh, yeah. I feel so connected to my ancestors knowing that, like, you know, all of us throughout history have been a little bit creepy and nosy and like tried to do like weird things to our buttholes and genitals and stuff like that. So, you know, to me, this is like a very collaborative feeling right now. <laughs> Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Phylobiotics. Acne can be very painful, both physically and also emotionally. So whether you have minor breakouts or you've been struggling with acne for years, there is an effective, natural, and scientifically proven product that can help. 
Phyla is a clinically proven acne breakthrough that targets the root cause of the acne, which is bad bacteria, but it does this without eliminating all of the good bacteria on your skin. So Phyla's active ingredient is a probiotic that's isolated from the skin of healthy, acne-free individuals. And then these probiotics kill the bad acne-causing bacteria, eliminating them from your skin's microbiome without harming the rest of the microbiome. So this means that Phyla can stop acne before it starts by eliminating bacteria in the pores and the probiotic serum does not irritate dry skin. It's also safe for all skin types, and you can use it during pregnancy or nursing, unlike other acne treatments. So many of my friends have used Phyla, and they love it. It works so well, and it is so much more gentle than traditional treatments. So you can get 25% off of your first order of Phyla with the code FORWARD25. So go to phylabiotics.com and type in the code FORWARD25 at checkout. So let's go back to the very, very first... um, reference allegedly in history of the Cochrane. And this is the Chinese Jin dynasty. And there were two separate Jin dynasties in China. They were seven centuries apart. The first one was all the way from the year 266. That's when it started. But the second one, which allegedly the Cochrane was involved in, started in the year 1115. This was when Genghis Khan was taking over China. So they didn't have latex. They didn't have silicone. They... (laughs) used allegedly the first cock ring was a goat eyelid complete with eyelashes and they used this because the eyelid was like had this elasticity to it so you could kind of bend it to different size penises and then leaving the eyelashes on kind of took on the role of the modern day vibrator on top and it would provide stimulation to the wearer's partner did you think that i was going to say goat eyelid for cock ring nor eyelashes as goat eyelashes as a stimulator for your partner. <laughs> I did not, but I'm like, I'm horrified, but also I'm reminding myself like not to judge these folks because we're so stimulated, non-sexually, but just by our phones, by flashing screens all day. These folks had none of this and were horned up and we're like, what do we got? What do we got to work with here? We got... We got wood, yeah. we got metal, <laughs> we got goats. We got goats. I mean, I will say, the goat was probably dead after they did it. So to me, it's like no harm, no foul. You know what yeah. I mean? Although Use every I feel part like of the I, animal. Right? Including the <laughs> eyelid and the eyelashes, which is just um, really something. And you know what? Goats do have pretty big eyeballs. They do. And... Yeah, but it still makes you wonder who was the first person to try this and it, were there other parts of the goat that they tried that failed? Have you heard <laughs> Have you heard that quote where it's like uh, I think is once again I've been rewatching 30 Rock, but Jack Donaghy, somebody's like, "Well, why are you going to do this?" and he's like, "Why have men ever done anything? Why did we build bridges? Why did we build planes? Like I was hoping to have sex with a woman tonight, you know? So like that being kind of the driving goal for men creating things. Like imagine just being so horny that you're like, you know what? Goat eyelid. Like I'll make it work somehow. Like there's a lot of ingenuity that comes from horniness. I know. Well, when I get my screen time report and it shows me like how many times I've picked up my phone in a day, that is horrifying in and of itself. But like, what would I be without that? I would just be someone left to my own devices. Yeah. Maybe looking at goats a different way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So the phone is actually helping us. I was talking to a friend the other night at a party and he was telling me about this um like game that he's been playing. I think it was called Clash. It's some like 
iPhone like mobile game and he was like no you don't understand like I'm really addicted to it like I play it all the time he's like I actually downloaded TikTok to help me stop playing it and that just cracked me up so much because I'm like nobody's ever downloaded TikTok to like help you know like you need to get addicted to TikTok like that's your life raft out of something you know that's yeah I that's hilarious and I get that now as someone who has gone down the sims pipeline thanks to you uh it feels good to have you here it feels great it's never felt better but yeah I'm I'm on like watching tutorials I'm like trying to look things up I'm basically doing everything I can to not text you with questions every five (laughs) seconds about things I'm trying to figure out in the sims well, the thing is you can't because you've surpassed me. Like you started playing The Sims in a weekend. You were already better than me who's been playing it for 10 years. You'll ask me about something and I'll be like, I didn't even know that was a part of the game, you know? <laughs> well, that just that tells you <laughs> how much I've been uh, needing that distraction. So once again, <laughs> without that, we don't. I don't want to know who I'd be. Yeah, Sims, you only play it in times of trouble. That's really true. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, back to Cockerings. Let's see here. People then said that... Um, Around year 500, there was a statue in a, a museum in Athens, Greece. The statue was allegedly built around 500, and the statue appears to be wearing a cock ring. But then they were also saying, this is pretty interesting too, all of these historical articles, I guess nobody wanted to be the first one to make the cock ring allegation. So they were all like, this appears to be a cock ring, but it also could have been used for like ceremonial or religious purposes. And I'm just like, the ring around the penis? Like, come on now. I'm pretty sure it's sexual, but who knows? Maybe there was some sort of religion and if, to deal with that. Yeah. And if it was some kind of religious thing, there might have been a little caveat like of someone doing it for horned up purposes and then being like no it's actually a religious thing i've added <laughs> yeah. an addendum to our religion where we all need to wear cock rings <laughs> totally, dude. totally and then the last one we have here is uh the bronze age so there were a lot of like these dress fasteners which um if you've never seen what one looks like, it's kind of like a curved barbell-looking piece of metal, almost like when you go to use a public restroom and the handle on the inside, you know how that looks like a barbell because you can hold it, but then there's the two ends are kind of curved. So they had those during the Bronze Age, and they were called dress fasteners. But a lot of people were saying that, you know, a logical line of reasoning is that these would serve as a cock ring because you know, they kind of could hold, they form almost like that semicircle shape. So it's not a perfect circle, but it could form that purpose. So people were thinking maybe in the Bronze Age, that's what they were using to get down and dirty. And then of course, every article that I've read, I just want to shout out, there are risks associated with cock ring use. Okay, doctors recommend a 30 minute maximum. And if you leave it on and then take a nap, which I don't know why you would, um, sometimes you might need amputation. So Emily, your fears are correct. I mean, you know, everything comes with risks. This is just one thing where the risks quell any horniness that that might be associated with it. But yeah, important. Yeah, important to note so no one sues you. (laughs) So there we go. I mean, we got the uh, the cock ring there. The the next item we're going to move on to is sex furniture. Okay, and the story we have to go with this is back in 2019 with Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson. And I think you obviously, I hope you remember the paparazzi pictures of them carrying a sex bench into their house in LA. Who could forget the, <laughs> the paparazzi photos seen around the world? I don't know actually fun. how legendary this is for other people, but I feel like in our subset, 
of yeah. pop culture, this was a huge moment in history. It's like the Rosetta frickin' stone for us, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was just so funny because they were carrying, you know, the sex bench in. And, of course, the packaging on this sex bench, you know, it was all boxed up. You know, they weren't carrying it out of the box. But it has pictures of people using it. What was it called? It was called the um, the Master Series Faux Leather Sex Bench with Adjustable Restraints. And uh, I don't know how the paparazzi were able to get the photos of them, but... Yeah, they were able to take photos of them giggling it in. And this was kind of, 2019 was around the year that Cara Delevingne was talking a lot about her sexuality and her sexual experiences. Um, these are some quotes from a variety of different interviews that I took here. One was, she said that she lost her virginity at age 18. She said, quote, I'm very good at giving love and not at receiving it. I'm the same in bed. I find it quite difficult to receive pleasure and love and things like that. So I love to give. And then she said that the best gift she could give to a lover would be an orgasm. And I have to say, cop out. <laughs> the best gift you could give is an orgasm. Like, you should already be doing that during the week. Get me a present, goddammit. Like, I remember my high school boyfriend for Christmas, and we hadn't had sex yet, but I asked him what he wanted for Christmas, and he was like, could you give me a blowjob? And I was like... No, I was like, well, then what happens when your mom asks you what I got you for Christmas? What are you going to say? And he was like, I'll just tell her that you got me something really good. And I was like, no, like, I'm not blowing you for Christmas. Yeah. And the way that he would say it, like, there's no way that he would say it without his mom being like, okay, kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> something really yeah. good. <laughs> that with <Yeah>. that <laughs> with that teenage boy energy. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. That is a cop out. It's like my gift to you is is my presence and that's why they call it a gift it's like okay but where's my actual present <laughs> totally, like, come on she's a nepo baby uh and then she said too i used to go to clubs but i'd rather have sex than go out now and then this was very interesting she went on rupaul's podcast what's the tea and she said this quote and i kind of want to do some speculation with you on this so she said Part of sex, that connection is feral. You meet someone, but when you go into the bedroom, it's another animal. And that, to me, is so interesting. There are certain people who are super sexy and they flirt with you, but then you have sex with them and they're terrible. But I like people who seem really prudish, and then when they get into the bedroom, they're like, what? It's like a whole transformation. So I was thinking... Who is the prudish person she's had sex with who was great in bed? And who's the sexy person who she's had sex with and was awful? Wow. Um, I'm going to have to think on this, but I will I will say in the meantime that I subscribe to this theory. That it's yeah. like the ones that have that sexy sex kitten image. Like um, I remember seeing this interview with Paris Hilton years ago where she was talking about her sex tape and she's like, I, that's what I was known for and being this like, you know, in these little outfits. But she's like, I'm just, I'm not a sexual person at all, almost. And it's mm -hmm. like, I feel that way about Kim Kardashian. I was, too. yes, her too, where her whole thing is like naked. I think I've seen Kim's naked body more than I've seen my own. But, <laughs> yeah. but she, like, it's that sexy but not sexual image. Yeah, dude, watch Emily Emrata uh, be like asexual or something. We're all like, what? Emrata, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Em uh, yeah, Emrata's. That's a whole. Well, I'll tell you some of my speculation for Cara Delevingne because I was thinking, who has she been with, right? Like, I think she's been with Kaya Gerber. She's been with Michelle Rodriguez. She's been with Ashley Benson. I think she's been with Rihanna. I think she's been with Rita Ora. I think she's been with Kendall Jenner. 
Some people say Harry Styles, but I don't believe it. We know she had a threesome with Amber Heard and Elon Musk. Um, God, how crazy that I can just like rattle this off. I'm impressed. No, it's it's great. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, like uh, speculation and stuff like that. Weirdly enough, I wonder if the person who she said seems really prudish, but then when they get into the bedroom, it's a whole transformation. Do you think that could be Kendall Jenner? Oh, I could absolutely see that. Mm. I mean, she was with Bad Bunny for a bit, and Bad Bunny is a sexual person. He is. He is. Mm. And yeah, I mean, she had a custom, Kendall Jenner had like a custom made bed that's like something like, I don't know, like nine by 12. Well, (laughs) I I have her like AD house tour committed to memory. Um, So good. Yeah. It's it's my favorite of of all the house tours. But yeah, she had a custom made bed. And I know that's because she tends to date like really tall, like basketball player types, but Mm. it could just be for, I don't know fitting company fitting furniture models models yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know because kendall jenner has a really bad reputation in general with the public like just being kind of this annoying sort of boring pick me but i could Mm -hmm. i'm like maybe there's something to her behind closed doors like maybe there's something compelling and she is a really wild time and just doesn't put any of that out there yeah maybe i'm excited to see right we got the rumors of her nina dobrev and sean white having a threesome together in aspen so i don't know maybe there's some more to her i she i will say she does a good job of keeping us interested because she's given us nothing for so long that if she gives us a morsel of anything it'll seem exciting you know yeah although i i do i do love to to hate watch her like i'll I'll watch anything even in her like ad tour when she's like oh my god me and my friends are like such nerds this is where we paint and drink wine and like we're so nerdy and it's just she kind of while you and i are like pages deep into sims wikipedia i've been playing Baldur's gate for like eight hours i fucking smell i need to open up the windows i'm like oh yeah painting with wine (laughs) nerd alert she said painting with wine and watching basketball so you and your supermodel friends watching the guys you're all fucking like and painting wow such nerds what losers (laughs) no but i want to do an episode one day on celebrity how celebrities try to come for nerd culture so hardcore And it's just like, it just pisses me off so much the way that every single person was like, I wasn't cool in high school. I was like ugly in high school. Statistically, that can't be true. And I would have so much respect for the first celebrity to be like, I was was good looking in high school and I was popular. Remember when Tori from Ready to be Petty was like, yeah, I was popular in high school. And I was like, fuck yeah, I respect the shit out of that. Probably because you're charming and friendly. And when you get older, you realize that most of the popular people in school were just really good at charisma. Like that's kind of being popular. Yeah. Or like the first person be like, yeah, I was a bully. You know, because you yeah. can't, they can't all be bullied. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'll say it. Like I've been bullied, but I've also been a bully and not like a bully in terms of pushing someone's head in a locker. But like, come on, when you're a girl in middle school and high school, like we all you oh, know, yeah. say nasty things about other people or you're trying to save your hide or God, I remember girls used to kick other people out of the lunch table so you would have to fucking run to lunch period to make sure that you had a seat it was so I would never do that again for the world you could not get me to go back to middle school no but yeah that's so true they can't all be bullied nerds it's simply statistically impossible so someone needs to fess up or stop telling us about your sympathetic origin story of poor little poor little Kenny Kendall Jenner whatever no she wasn't she was always like I was so tall and gangly. It's like, yeah, maybe you were tall, but like 
come on, you're now a supermodel. Like that's like when Taylor Swift does a billionaire is like things are just like so hard. And it's like, yeah, but right now you're a billionaire. So like just chill, you know? Yeah, I think the anyone who said like the one or one or two offhand comments to you in high school, like you're doing better than all of them. So it's all good. We can we can move move along. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, let's get into uh, some of the sex furniture here. What what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that something I respect about someone who we're going to talk about a little later on in this episode Mm. is Gwyneth Paltrow for the reason that it's whatever you can say about Gwyneth Paltrow. I appreciate that she's not trying to be anything other than who she is. She's like, Mm -hmm. she's someone who's never really going to try to be relatable. And she's like, yeah, I'm a rich lady and I'm selling $15,000, you know, dildos. And unapologetically, I mean, like, yeah, while hooked up to an IV and this is my life. They get less shit. And like Gwyneth Paltrow, Mariah Carey, Naomi Campbell, all of these people who are like, I am who I am. And like, I really don't give a shit. Like, I can't care they get far less shit than someone like, for example, Selena Gomez, who will like talk about how kind and like empathetic they are. And then that just makes the bullseye for you even bigger because people have all these expectations of how you should be acting or what you should be doing or what your true intention is. Whereas with Gwyneth, Mariah and Naomi, people just go into it assuming the worst. So they always come out of it better than they, you know, somebody else would. Yeah. What is there to criticize? She's already labeled herself that's what she's made her whole brand around is being a completely unrelatable rich lady yeah oh god isn't she lucky (laughs) (laughs) yes yes Um, she is one last thing about the Kara story is that you know she's she's talked about it years after it happened she said about bringing the sex bench sex bench in that the accessory was heavy and that today she finds the images hysterical however it did lead to her having to move because those photos of them carrying the sex bench in was taken at the entrance of the house. The house was then identifiable and it became the target of break-ins. So she had to move because of the sex bench paparazzi photos. Oh my God. Like the sex bench Mm -hmm. was like the key to opening up her house to the public. Yeah. It opens up (laughs) a few things. It grants you entrance in more than a few places. (laughs) (laughs) Multi-purpose and not in a good way. Front door, back door, side door. (laughs) (laughs) That's so, it's so, that is so unfortunate because, I mean, it was such a fun moment to be photographed. It was such a fun paparazzi moment. And we've seen Cara Delevingne with every range of experience that I think you could have in front of the paparazzi. Mm -hmm. But this was so, this is so fun. And it also made me think like, I don't know, I, I don't think of myself as prude, but I just also don't think I would be walking with a big sex toy like into my apartment. I, I would- Well, I mean, they took it out from the trunk and then they were just bringing it into the door and they caught him. But you mean like you don't think you would even buy one? I mean, like if I was being watched, like even, okay, yeah. so like for me, it would be like from my car to the apartment, there I'd probably pass some people. And for them, there's likely paparazzi outside i don't know but i guess it's like overkill like throw a blanket over it's like not that you need to hide anything like that but i would just i would be skittish about that and i would order it online and just have it come in a box dude even when i get tampons at cvs i like cover them up with a bag i mean we are the we're poop shamers okay yes (laughs) why does it feel embarrassing to buy toilet paper and be walking home with it why (laughs) Because then everyone knows you have a butthole. (laughs) You found out. No, it does. Although the other day I was 
buying an enema for a situation that I had. Okay. <laughs> when I tell you that the cutest person I've ever seen in my life was at the self-checkout with me at CVS. And of course, it's not the enema that I scanned. It was something else. It was probably like candy because I wanted to like treat myself, like give myself a little treat after the enema. And of course, the CVS self-checkout is like the bane of my existence. It's another TikTok video I did that like happened to do really well. And um, as somebody had to come over. And the enema has on all three sides of the packaging relief, rapid relief enema in like size 72 font. I'm like, couldn't we just be chill? Like you think everyone who's buying this wants the world to know? Put it in size 10. I'll be able to find it, you know? And I, I love that I know, I'm pretty sure I know what you're referring to and that this wasn't a sexy situation that you need the enema for. No, yeah, I wasn't prepping myself for something fun. I was trying to save myself from death by fecal impaction okay we're gonna move on <laughs> erotic furniture woo okay let's talk about the history Keeping of it real sexy has <laughs> anyone turned on yet? okay yeah thank thank god like the nobody who's attracted to me listens to this it's just like all women for pop culture so there we go okay in ancient assyria 13th century BC, this is when we first start seeing erotic furniture, and that is just furniture that is decorated with erotic images and things like that. You know, we also see this in the 18th century. The Russian Empress Catherine the Great, she loved erotic furniture, and I saw some pictures of it. Emily, you could give it a Google if you want. It was not subtle erotic furniture. This wasn't like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting where you have to be on mushrooms to see that the flower petals look like labia and blah, blah, blah. This was like full on like balls, penis. There was even a table where the legs of the table were shafts of penis and then the balls of the penis had nipples on them. So they were little boob balls and then penises and like that was everywhere, apparently, in this room that she would have sex. There's like a chair and then a woman with her legs fully open carved into it. Are you seeing this? I'm Googling. Yeah, you can see from my expression, I Googled the boob dick table and I love the <laughs> internet for this reason. <laughs> but it's like this gaudy kind of ornate gold leaf table that you would expect to find in like a Catherine the Great's home, but covered in dicks and yeah. boob balls <laughs> <laughs> and pubes and like golden curly pubes. Wow. Maybe she was a bisexual queen. Hey, yeah. And oh my God. And the, <laughs> there, there's a throne where like the front of the throne is these little legs splayed open, like yeah. carved into yeah. it. It's just incredible. Yeah, honestly, it's like very interesting artwork. I, I, yeah, I, I encourage everyone yeah. to Google this because I don't think I was going to say you should post this on Instagram. That's what I was just going to say. I'm like, I, I feel like I could, right? I mean, it's art. Hey, yeah. I'm going to go for it. If we can free the nipple, we can free the, whatever, 17th boob century. Balls. <laughs> free the boob balls. <laughs> yeah, boob ball carved <laughs> tables. We'll see. We'll see how far you can push things without getting uh, an infraction on your account. Yeah. Anybody who reports me is getting blocked. Okay, so let's try to put this over on Instagram. Well, we have another iconic piece of sex furniture. And while you're on Google, I'm going to have you look this up. Um, British King Edward VII his love chair. So he had this specially constructed chair and he would bring it to this famous brothel in Paris that he would go to. And he was, you know, famously overweight. And apparently this love chair was something that was constructed for him. So that way there were better angles and it was easier to, you know, have these specific certain sex acts. So the sex chair kind of looked like almost like a cushioned chair, but it also kind of has those straps that like, 
you know, where you put your feet in when you go to the gyno um, to kind of spread your legs apart. And all of these different historians are completely boggled by this because like every single person has looked at it. It used to be um, a replica of it used to be exhibited in this museum in Paris. And everybody has said, we don't know how it worked. Like, did he sit on it? Did a woman sit on it? Some people think that the purpose of the chair was that way he could be intimate with two women at the same time. Some people think the purpose of it was that a woman could stand on the chair and lower herself onto him. Nobody knows how it works, but they just know that it was used for boinking. Yeah. And the chair. Well, and why does it have to have one use? You know, it's like a wedge where, isn't it like you, there's all these different ways you can use a wedge it should be right Cause, yeah cause like 36 I, different yeah because i'm looking at it and i could see him standing up you know mm-hmm. and 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 his his partners being like on the chair or him on the chair like maybe he would want to switch it up like he he has access or he had access to the greatest minds of the country so he could be like i want you to make me something with all these different positions like before cosmo maybe there was king edward the seventh being like <laughs> top eight favorite positions like please make a chair for this <laughs> did they have ice back then like use an ice cube as you blah 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 that was always like such an iconic cosmo line always with the ice cube and who did that ever work on because I, tr- oh, I tried it i tried didn't. it too no it's yeah. just melty and cold <laughs> didn't did not work <laughs> wasn't good at all dude like those people in cosmo man they were fucking masochists they were they hated women. no sadists because they wanted all of us to suffer yes yeah they hated mm-hmm. women for sure we're just like had okay. to had to come out with these articles every month and we're like please i just want to keep my job <laughs> oh god Today's episode is brought to you by Way. Way has incredible hair care products for all different types of solutions that you are looking for for your hair. Their latest product, which I have been loving, is the Way Hair Gloss. This is something really fun because it only takes five minutes and it's something that you do in the shower and then you can rinse out. It's a product that's going to help treat damage, enhance the color, vibrancy in your hair, and make your hair look so shiny, which to me, shiny hair it looks like healthy hair, even if it's not. So I love using things like hair gloss because it's just so easy to do in the shower. You can just use it. Then you can, you know, wash your body. You can shave your legs. It doesn't feel like you're kind of wasting time on anything. And it gives a lot of great benefits to your hair. So if you are looking to take better care of your hair in 2024, give your hair a glow up with way. You can go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I.com and use the promo code fluently for 15% off of any product that is T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with the promo code fluently. Okay, well, Zac Efron is going to be our next story here for the condom drop. And this was, God, always so funny. So back in 2012, he went to the premiere of The Lorax. So, So, you know, it was that animated film, him, Danny DeVito, Taylor Swift, they were voiced in it. And he was on the red carpet. He's walking over to someone. His hands are in his pocket. He pulls his hands out, and this condom in a wrapper falls to the floor. And he quickly bends down, snatches it up, puts it in his pocket, goes back. All the paparazzi, by the way, you know, cameras are flashing this entire time. And then at this point, he took out his sunglasses, put them on, and he turned his back to the paparazzi, covered his face, and just cracked up for like five seconds. And then like the good actor he is, turned back and just smiled for the photos, right? So he played it off pretty cool. I'm assuming you definitely know of this condom drop moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I Mm -hmm. forgot that it was at the premiere of the Lorax. (laughs) (laughs) 
Was he making a subtle statement about overpopulation and environmental damage? (laughs) This tree puts a condom on. (laughs) Well, what's even creepier was that um, Matt Lauer, who we now know is, you know, a total pervert. But he went, Zac Efron, like after this, went on the Today Show. And Matt Lauer was like really grilling him about it, where he was like, yeah, you know, like you, your name brings a lot of attention to this new movie. And there was something else that brought a lot of attention to this movie recently, Zach, at the premiere. And Zach Efron is like uncomfortable, right? He's like, yeah, you know. And then Matt Lauer asks him, Zach, he goes, can you take me through it? And Zach Efron is like, um, not really. Like, I don't really want to. But before red carpet events, I never really had a pocket checking policy when like I was getting dressed to go out on the red carpet before, but now we have one. And then Matt Lauer keeps digging in and he's like, you dropped a a condom on the red carpet, which is just like, what the fuck? Like, leave him alone. Anyway. And then what else is there to say about it? What could he (laughs) possibly be like? Oh yeah. Ha ha. And then you move on because what, but like what really happened? It's like, well, I think you saw it. What do you mean? What happened? I feel like people project so much. Like the only time I've ever been cheated on was by a guy who told me that he was so against cheating. Like he thinks it's morally the worst thing you could do. Like all of this stuff. People really give themselves away with their projection. And I feel like for Matt Lauer to be like, you did something so crazy with a condom. Like, oh my God. Meanwhile, he's been like abusing women on set for like, what, like a decade before he was found out? Yeah, there's so so many compilations of him asking creepy questions, but I think because he had this sort of like, I'm wearing a suit and I have a a more serious reputation, people didn't really read too far into it, but it's kind of like Ellen, like DeGeneres, where it was so telling that like their whole thing was making celebrities uncomfortable and they're actually shitty people. They were just hiding in plain sight. Totally, dude. Totally. I mean, Zach Efron, he played it off well. He even made a little joke about how, like, well, it's better to be safe than sorry. So I guess that was my message, which is a good message to put into the world, along with the many other messages of the Lorax and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you would think that's, like, a great way to move it around. But then Matt Lauer got even more into it. And his last joke, he was like, so, Zach, by the way, you've got your own production company. And then he starts laughing and he goes, oh, that's a bad pun, by the way, your own production company. And as I've said before, you know, I get pervy with the humor. I don't really get that joke. Is he saying like like producing humans, but it's not even a good joke because or producing porn like what is like, yeah, well, a, Zach, a you're really you're really emptying out those pipes of <laughs> creativity into this movie. Like it's just really forced. Also, if you're gonna say that to anyone, what about like Nick Cannon or Elon Musk? Like at least Zach Efron's wrapping it up like a gentleman. Which, by the way, he was dating Lily Collins at the time. But yeah. then I'm also confused because I feel like once you start dating someone, you kind of forego the condom. But everyone cheats on each other in Hollywood, so who knows? Maybe you keep using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like they have their they have to have their own system because it's your it's your like rule or not rule, but more like descriptor that once everyone's an 11 out of 10, there's just everyone's banging everyone like sexuality just gets thrown out the door. And 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 I think so. So, yeah, they must have maybe their own system. Maybe it's like on um, porn sets where they all have to be like tested very meticulously. (laughs) Oh, I think think so or i would just imagine everybody's got the same stuff you know what i mean 
Yeah, that's true. That's what I would imagine yeah. really happens. But all right, let's do the history of condoms here. So this was a very interesting one. The first one that we have is around 3000 BC, and this is King Minos from Crete. And he used a goat's bladder sheath during intercourse to protect his wife from his semen because he said that his semen was full of serpents and scorpions. And I just got to say, I mean, pour one out for these goats. You know, the eyelid is the cock ring. The bladder is a condom. People were really like focused in on goats back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. People seemed kind of horny for goats. And Mm -hmm. you could say it was just a practical thing, but Considering how many parts of them were used for sexual purposes, I don't know. Like there were some <laughs> wires crossed, it seems. You know, people, some people definitely fucked goats. I mean, if you're <laughs> oh yeah, uh, absolutely yeah, it seems like that. Because where would you get the idea in the first place? Um, yeah, but yeah. Have you oh, ever been asked that question? Like the the worst would you rather of all time? What would you rather have sex with a goat and nobody knows about it? Or you don't have sex with a goat, but everyone thinks that you did. Everyone thinks I did. Really? So everyone for the rest of your life thinks that you're a goat fucker? Oh, right. Because I would want to prove them wrong, but they would just, that maybe then then I would back myself into a corner and be like, thou doth protest too much. You know, like if I'm always <laughs> trying to clear my name, it's like, why are you still talking? Whoever talk? smelt it, fucked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, also, I also saw, um, I... I went to this play in high school that they brought us to. They brought our class to this play. I don't know if they knew. Maybe it was the wrong play because I don't think this was particularly appropriate. But the whole play was about this man fucking a goat and then his wife finding out and it leading to their divorce. And it was like <laughs> like a five minute scene of her just screaming over and over like, you fucked that goat. <laughs> Oh, and did she scream like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he described in detail, like how they, they locked eyes, him and the goat and they just, something came over him. Like, and my teachers are sitting there. Like I'm like, perif- just like, I don't know where to look. And like, everyone's just melting into their chairs. So that was slightly traumatizing probably for everyone yeah. involved. So I just want nothing to do with fucking a goat, but I wouldn't also like it if people thought of me as that. So well, it's also different because I feel like if you're, I mean, this is like so disgusting, but if you're a guy, you can wrap it up and then have sex with the goat. If you're a girl getting penetrated by a goat, like I, that would stay with me forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to maybe have to stick with my initial answer. I think I would just have my reputation tarnished. I'm also kind of used to it at this point. That's like the good thing about being in like the influencer creator space. Like the first time you see like a lie about yourself online, you're like, I need to clear my name. This isn't true. And then like once time goes on, you're like, ah, fuck it. It's just a train wreck. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, and I'm a goat fucker too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like people already think I'm like vapid and care about like dumb things and like, you know, so whatever whatever. Um, I'm just circling back to this uh, Mm. King Minos of Crete and his Mm -hmm. semen, which is full of serpents and scorpions. I'm Mm. like, is this the 3000 BC version of like, oh, my dick's too big for a condom. Like, I can't (laughs) use them. You know, before they could complain about like blue balls, they were like, oh, there's scorpions in my penis. They need to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, because it also just sounds like, well, I don't know how effective these goat bladder sheaths were. <laughs> so maybe it was that he really didn't want to have 
more kids or that he just had a thing for goats because if you were this king like you could just have kids you're never gonna have to look after them or be yeah involved at all you can send your pregnant wife away you know so have her killed have her beheaded yeah you know do whatever like it just wouldn't affect you in any way it's not like you have to be a hands-on parent so why would that yeah affect you I don't so maybe he just liked the feeling of it maybe he was into goats you know um I will say bladders are used for a lot of things um I found this out back when I was vegan, but fish bladders are used to filter almost all beer that you drink. However, Guinness recently went vegan, so they no longer use the fish bladders. But like animal bladders are used for a lot of surprising, shocking things. Yeah, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Like whenever people are like, did you know like your food is made with this? I'm like, I'm assuming that people are going to the bathroom, not washing their hands, like all kinds of gross, weird stuff is in my food. And I just have to like accept it and not think too much into it. And Yeah. fish bladder included, I'm like, whatever. Why Look. not? You know, there's bugs in our makeup and stuff like Yeah, that. I I just know learned that. we're past the hour. Do you still have time? Yeah, or do you have yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just learned that people who are allergic to cockroaches can't make ground coffee because it has too high of a percentage of ground up like cockroach yeah Ooh, sorry <laughs> i feel gross actually i just said that i'm not affected that affected me i was like that is <laughs> yeah oh god isn't that what god what an interesting fact though to share with us yeah so matcha it is although i feel like cockroaches could also be in matcha yeah i don't know why fuck it adderall Make it in a lab. <laughs> there you go. Nice, a nice clean lab. Just delivered right to your door. Oh. Okay, well, let's continue on with some mm -hmm. condom history because after the serpents and scorpions and the semen around 3000 BC, we move over to Asia and we've got some early documentation around the 15th century here of glands condoms. So those would be a condom that just covers the head of the penis, not the full shaft and everything. And they say that they were made separately in China and Japan. In China, these condoms were made out of oiled silk paper or lamb intestine. And in Japan, they were made out of tortoise shell or animal horn, which I guess is kind of like a dildo and a condom in one, you know? Yeah, although just around the glands, it's making me think of a little shower cap. Just <laughs> totally displaced a little newsboy on cap. Yeah, oh God. But also, like, how, like, there's no way that could, I mean, get, I guess maybe it's, like, really tight on there, so it completely covers the head. Yeah, the silk, what, what was it, silk? Uh, I got that Gorilla Grip coochie, man. I could rip that thing off in, like, two seconds. Suck it into myself. Put that on your resume as a strength, <laughs> please. <laughs> can, can suck off Glans condom. Gorilla, gorilla Grip coochie. That is, that is a strength and an asset. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know so, how that would stay on i wish i wish there was some kind of research into the effectiveness of all these methods i'd be so curious because who knows part two. Yeah, part two well like i just i mean i don't i don't know if there were any studies at the time but it'd be so interesting because these seem like they wouldn't be very effective maybe it's like 70 percent, 80 percent. who knows i mean i will say like the pull out method and anyone listening get on birth control use condoms but the pull-out method is pretty effective yeah all of them shockingly so if even they don't they'd say in health class that it isn't but it is and it's irresponsible of me to say that it is so i'm gonna you know double down and say that it isn't but it is you know well it's one of those things it's the same thing with condoms where it's like if used properly like 
And the timing throughout the month and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And all that. And and human error is that we're not going to use things as intended, you know? Yeah. So that's that's the risk. But. Well, let's move on over to the Egyptians, okay? Because they started experimenting with condoms too. This is, you fast forward a few thousand years, they started using some condoms. They would use linen sheaths that were dyed in different colors to distinguish between different classes of people and to protect themselves against diseases. And then the ancient Romans, this one's really sick wait, and nasty. They, wait, they each had to use a different dyed linen to show what class they were as a condom? Is it kind of well? I think they use that as condoms, but the linen that they would have that they could make condoms out of oh. would be different colors, and you got like a different color based off of different classes of people. I, I'm not positive, but that was how I kind of interpreted that. So you're like, I'm trying to get that purple linen dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when I was a kid and like I learned about condoms in health class, I thought that every single condom was bright red. I guess because I heard latex and I thought like 99 red balloons, but I thought all condoms were red colored. And the first time I saw it and it was like this gross yellowy clear, I was like, fuck that. I wanted my red condom. Well, they, they, in my high school, they handed them out like in sex ed class or something and they... Mm. They had, it, they were always like bright colored and, and it was like bananas and it smelled like <laughs> bananas. And it was like, and I, maybe they were trying to make it more like appealing to teens, but it's like, again, with the yeast infection, like maybe teach us about that and don't give us these like <laughs> gross. Putting a banana condom in my vagina. Good God. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think my, I remember like opening them up with, with my friends and just being like, wait, this is not, I don't think this is like safe to use like safe yeah. in that it would protect against pregnancy but like I don't think our bodies are going to react well to this I don't 200%. think they make that anymore <laughs> even like every time I go into Lush and I see all their bath bombs I want to put up a sign over the price tag that says like we'll burn the shit out of your coochie like you need to have a really good gut flora if you want to use this bath bomb well yeah bless the people that are resilient in their ph uh enough to use those bath yeah. bombs because couldn't be me couldn't be didn't me. halsey wait hold on i want to look this up didn't halsey say something about like a bath bomb and how it like would make your pussy itch or something oh yeah halsey idk which one of you needs to hear this but that bath bomb isn't good for your pussy <laughs> I don't know because then I see people online being like I go in a bubble bath every night even that that would be I I couldn't even do yeah. that I'm a, I'm a deli we're delicate flowers so I don't know the only thing I can do is like Epsom salts or whatever yes yes which exactly. also double as a uh, laxatives dude you can get like magnesium salts and they help you poop <laughs> how fucking disgusting am I <laughs> has anyone even made it this far everyone's going like <laughs> blocked it's a general genitalia focused episode <laughs> Covering yes. all the range of experiences, yeah. And it's historical. Now, real quick, if you were going to have sex with one of these Egyptians back in the day, which color linen condom would you be going after? Is it purple? So Olivia Rodrigo of you. Well, I was just thinking like um, purple with like royalty. Like I, I think maybe that was yes. that was in Europe where that dye was really hard to come by. So it was reserved for royalty. But I don't, yeah. I, I'm sure in the desert Egyptian climate, it would have been different colors that would be more readily available so yeah whatever the sultans or pharaohs the high the high powered ones yeah whatever color that that is yeah i'm with you i want to be i am with you in the top of the pyramid <laughs> <laughs> i want to top that pyramid yeah. okay this was probably the grossest one that i've heard we're, we're now on the ancient romans and they used linen 
and animal intestines, but they would occasionally use to make condoms the muscles of people that they had killed in battle, which I just feel like it's one thing to take a goat eyelid, but another to like use a human's muscle. That's some Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Yeah. It's like all these men now that we know worship the Roman Empire and think about it all the time. It's like, <laughs> that's the part they're thinking of. Well, like, I don't know. Oh, wish I could use some muscle as a condi. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of roided out bro behavior, but of ancient times. And totally. Yeah, using the muscle of someone you killed, it's like, God, we get it. You're a big, strong man. Okay. Or you could just masturbate, you know? Like, I, I feel like so many men always forget that's an option, you know? <laughs> Goat eyelid. It's like, I don't know. I went years not having sex. (laughs) They do forget that's an option. And they were having all kinds, like, they were having all kinds of sex with everyone all the time. Yeah, over there, too. Mm -hmm. No condom need. Well, no, I guess you would need a condom. Well, I mean, for diseases and stuff like that. But, but, you know, to get pregnant. So, anyway, now we're kind of in the um, 18th century. Condoms are all throughout the world now. There was very interesting. There was a, a lot of requests to the UK parliament throughout the 18th century to outlaw condom use because they said that it was encouraging sex with unsafe partners. But, um, you know, that never ended up passing or coming through. So then they're used in the 19th century. And what we're finding is that condom use is really only being used in the upper classes just because there was a lack of this sexual education in the working class. And once we got latex, things really changed. So the first rubber condom was made in 1839, the Industrial Revolution in America. There was this man named Charles Goodyear who invented it. And them being made out of rubber meant that they could be mass produced. But the early rubber ones kind of tended to fall off the body. But then in 1920, we got latex. And that is basically this process where rubber is suspended in water. And these latex condoms were much cheaper, much cheaper, much cheaper and easier to produce. So they started being sold everywhere. And we have a very interesting tidbit here where basically in World War I, every country in Europe except for Britain and the U.S., you know, not European, but still on that side during the war, they gave condoms to their soldiers. But for some reason, the Brits and the Americans weren't getting condoms. So at the end of the war, there were these sky-high rates of syphilis and gonorrhea in the British and American military. And we had to spend, like, all of this money treating our troops. So when World War II came around, we changed our tune and ended up giving condoms to soldiers. Did you know about that? I didn't know about any of this. This is fascinating. I'm also just really what this episode has is teaching me is that I am more of a delicate flower than I had realized because I'm also allergic to latex, which I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder how many people are. I always heard about that. Do you use lamb skin? Don't they say that that's what you have to or do? Or sheep skin. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was one of Goat those. Goat bladder. <laughs> now they just, now, now I feel like technology is such where it's like non-latex and you just, I'm like, I'm sure it's some kind of technology, but yeah, yeah. years of coochie on fire times to to figure that out (laughs) or dude even with a um even when you're going to the gyno don't they like put a glove on and stick fingers inside yeah yes yeah yeah but that no i know yeah Mm. and that's literally the only way you find out you know like you're not like rubbing condoms like against your arm before you put them inside of yourself no but yeah but this is not about me also i'm the way that you (laughs) casually explain what latex is it's suspended rubber in water i was like whoa okay yeah funky right yeah okay so so this was now 
with with the industrial revolution it brought it Mm. to the masses yeah but then you know what it actually so a bunch of people were using all these condoms you know 1900s whatever but then uh People kind of stopped using them because we saw penicillin, we saw the birth control pill. But then once AIDS, you know, came about as this crisis and people started talking about the barrier method, then condoms kind of came back into the zeitgeist. Now I think it's kind of up and down for everything. But um, I don't know. There, There was this stat that I read that said... Blah, blah, blah. A lot of health professionals are worried about chlamydia. It's estimated that 25% of women will have contracted it by age 25. And I thought that anytime I read a statistic about STIs, which, let's be frank, everybody gets them. I've had HPV before. I've had BV, which I think is, like, related to sex. Um, Although sometimes you can get it not that way. I'm always, like, I hear all of these statistics, and I just feel like we've – destigmatized like having sex like being open about sex talking about it but stis were are still so stigmatized like i wouldn't think that 25 percent of women will have had chlamydia by age 25 very stigmatized and it's still the type of thing where when it's brought up it's like a punchline and it's always like the punchline is the person is dirty yes and like trust me like when i've gotten tested or had results back that I didn't like, or you're sitting sweating in that paper gown, like waiting to find out something, you do feel like I'm not going to beat around the bush. You do. I, at least for me, I feel very shameful and I feel very dirty and I feel very embarrassed, even though it's so fucking stupid. It's the same thing as a UTI or strep throat or bronchitis. Like it's just a body contracting a thing that a body gets. And I hate that. Like, even though I personally know that stuff, like the other day I got tested because I thought I had something, but it turned out to be BV, but it could have been anything <laughs> anyway. And I was just like, I feel like such a failure right now. And it's crazy because we've come such a far way in other things about sex. Yeah, there's there's a few things about sex that I think still have just as much of a stigma attached as ever. So for women's sexuality and a lot of like queer folk sexuality, I think that's something that's now there's been a lot of push to talk about it and celebrate it, which is amazing, obviously. Um, but I think with, um, with STIs and also men's bodies, I've noticed like, like mm. dick size is always a punchline. And, and oh my God, it is. And, yeah. I, and, and I, I don't know, like I, it's something where I feel like, um, upset. I always think about it in terms of if they were talking about women that way. And I don't know, I'm usually the one coming down on, on men for, everything but in this sense i'm like the their bodies are um really scrutinized and they don't have a lot a lot of like ways to celebrate them in an actual healthy way not just being like a gym a gym guy so and we see that a little bit too like i i people make fun of girls vaginas all the time from the smell to the look and like nobody likes it when it's done to you no guy likes it when it's done to them and I'll I remember Sophia Franklin and Brooke uh what's her name on Tana Mosher's podcast both admitted that they had Audi vaginas and I will say here that I as well have an Audi vagina and it has never caused me any problem whatsoever in life and I think it's also the majority type of vagina that most women have and most guys too like are not like these huge schlong havers and I've been with guys who are big, average, small. I've been with people who I once dated someone back in the day who had herpes. And, like, it's not an issue. Like, STIs aren't an issue. Herpes isn't an issue. You know, there's mm-hmm. all these different things. There's different angles. There's different things you can take, lifestyle changes. Like, it's not 
I just hate when people talk about something in such like a fatalistic term. And I understand how like if it's you, you feel so personal about it. I hated my vagina for like probably like 25 years. But it's just such a shame because it's just like all normal and none of it is bad. Like there is no bad answer here, you know? I know. I was thinking about like for the canceled podcast with with Brooke. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Schofield. That's her name, yeah, isn't it? Brooke Schofield. Yeah, yeah. Who I who I love. I think a lot of their audience are younger women. And I was like, she probably has no idea how many women she's helping just by saying that she has an Audi because it was in response to her Matt Rife like making fun of her vagina and saying like it's gross and like God left the tags on which is like Ugh. oh I've heard wizard sleeve roast beef sandwich oh butterfly wings I mean the bunch of the crazy crazy stuff but not not to like fall on stereotypes but I'm like how how straight are you if like you're that's a gay man hundred percent like the 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 straightest men that I know and I mean in a way that they're like fully secure in themselves they're just like down to feast on <laughs> like you know they, they're not like mm-hmm. oh that one looks a little weird I don't like it no they, they get turned on by it like yeah. have you heard the phrase like a man who likes women and a man who likes pussy and I think yes. it was um Okay, this is going to be a bad example, but I forget. Let's say like Kanye West loves women, even though like I don't think he does. I think he's a misogynist, but whatever. But Pete Davidson loves pussy. And that's the difference between a man who like you have to be fully waxed and he'll be fucking you versus a man who will like dive into it after you just came back from a run. Like that's a man who loves pussy. And I feel like Pete Davidson does. I know. There was like when he was dating Kim Kardashian at first and people were like, what does she see in him? Um, Someone made this clip that went viral where they were like, he looks like he eats pussy like someone who's lost in the desert and gonna die of dehydration (laughs) and like this is what's gonna save his save his life it's because he's got that big mouth yeah but just his general (laughs) vibe too it's like the line cook energy too it's just it all goes into it yeah (laughs) yeah you can just kind of tell like this guy has no qualms about it yeah god oh god getting me excited Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that will find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps lower your bills. I've been using Rocket Money for two, maybe three months now, and it has opened my eyes and made me stare at some things, both in a fantastic, easy way where there were some uh, iPhone app subscriptions that I didn't know I was still subscribed to. They caught it for that. I was able to cancel it. And then also in a more general way where I was able to really see how much money I'm spending a week. And obviously, you know, it was a little bit higher with the holidays and stuff like that. But it just makes me feel a little bit more empowered and just aware of what's going on. Because the worst part of finances to me is when you just feel like you don't know anything. So Rocket Money, they've got over 5 million users and they have helped save their members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fluently. That's rocketmoney.com slash fluently. Rocketmoney.com slash fluently. Well, let's move on here to Gwyneth Paltrow and dildos. You know I had to call in the goop master herself for this section. She, you know, she sells sex toys. She's big on them. She once famously shouted out a $15,000 24-karat gold plate dildo in the sex issue of goop, which I just feel like, you know, she's such a master at marketing. It's like the Kardashian version of having these tiny little scandals so that way you're then in the news for a week, but it's not big enough to bring you down. Um, 
you know, she's got the jade eggs. She's she's always do you think she's actually sticking this stuff in her cooch or do you think she's just talking about it for press? Um, I believe it because I had a long yoni egg face myself. <laughs> sticking all kinds <laughs> yeah. of any little crystal egg shaped thing. I would stick it up there and this was like a real hippie phase for me. And sometimes I would go out like I was like, I am magnetically <laughs> attracting people to me and so i would take i would take a rose quartz one and and shove it up there and i would go out for the evening and and i was like strangers are attracted to me because i can feel vibrations wait but were they like i'm fucking on board with this i mean who knows how much is psychological like now now (laughs) this is not my my life quite anymore um but i think this i think what stopped it was that i was leaving a party i was leaving a new year's eve party actually um quite timely and i could feel it popping out like it started to slip out and i was wearing (laughs) and and i think i like went to turn to my friend and be like i gotta i gotta go back in she was like why i'm like my i'm wearing a egg and it's popping out and her boyfriend heard was very drunk and he started screaming the goose has laid a golden egg and so i was like i'm gonna this is high maintenance this is probably also not how they're supposed to be used at all please don't do this (laughs) was it gold or was it the rose quartz no he just overheard like (laughs) he overheard egg coming out of me that i laid an egg basically I remember years ago I was dating this guy and I I just like always have a runny nose so I've always got like Kleenex around me and around the house but if I'm working I'll like blow my nose but then I'll just kind of shove the tissue like in between my crotch or like in between my thighs so that way it's like not out on my table but like I don't want to get up to go to the trash can yet and then when I stand up the Kleenex and like scrunched up balls are left on my seat and my ex would be like it looks like you've laid eggs every time you get up I was like I'm but um mine would repel people and yours would attract yours so so you stopped using it just because um they were coming out I thought the whole game of that is you're supposed to like squeeze it in or something well also I think that was just I was like a big time crystal girly but I was like an everything in that realm in the in the budget goop realm so like I was pumping myself with God knows how many tinctures. I was probably drunk with the amount of tinctures because they're alcohol based. Like (laughs) there's basically doing a shot if you're doing a whole bunch of tinctures, um, that and like every somatic, this and crystal that, um, for me, like if that's your journey, love that for you. For me, I just needed meds, which I'm now on. That is curbed. Most of those (laughs) habits where I'm like, oh. And when you take Zoloft or Wellbutrin, are you taking that orally or are you inserting it inside? (laughs) (laughs) I could do both. I could get my egg back in like double trouble. I'll be invincible. (laughs) Wellbutrin one end and crystal my pussy. No, I. Oh, God. Yeah. Sounds kind of (laughs) nice. I mean, it seemed fine. But yeah, it. uh... Okay, so you think that Gwyneth is on this train. She practices what she preaches. Damn it. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, this was like, this was me and I think all my friends at the time. We also all, this is. You're making me literally want to do it, by the way, which is like, yeah. We all in the process too, if anyone is going to go down this route, which Uh it's up to you, but we all at one point or another had a disastrous time of forgetting and it falling out into the toilet. So there are (laughs) risks 
diff all different kinds of risks associated with this. <laughs> That's not a great vibration like reaching in toilet. Oh God. Well, yeah, yeah. You're not in alignment when you have to put your hand in the toilet nope, water. Nope. No, you're not. Nope. God damn, dude, you just tickled me freaking pink. Like, oh my god. I'm glad. I really I yeah, I forgot that, that was that that was a real phase of my life. God, I love it. A yoni egg yoni egg you're like, that's my era. <laughs> my yoni egg era. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about the uh, history of dildos here because they date back 28,000 years. They were made from, well, you know what? Let's do it uh, culture by culture because I don't want to give anything away. So the first ever dildo, the oldest one, allegedly, was found in a cave in southern Germany in 2005. And it clocks in, like I said, at 28,000 years old. And they think that is this phallus. They rebuilt it from a 14 different stone fragments that measured eight inches long and three centimeters wide. And once again, they say it could have been used for a ceremony or religious purposes. But people are saying it's pretty safe to say that they were used in a sexual context. Uh, over in ancient China, they would insert... They have like these ancient sex toy collections that included bronze and jade dildos and jade, right, is thought to ward off evil spirits. And these objects, they're kind of phallic-like, would be used to plug the orifices of the body. So that way the chi, right, which is like somebody's energy or life force, could be preserved for the deceased in the afterlife. And I don't know why, but like I find the notion of that kind of nice, like being plugged up when you're dead. Also, I find it almost like protective in a sense, you know, put this in me so nothing else can come in. I like that. Yeah. Actually, you mm. know what? Yeah. If it is my time to go, maybe it wouldn't be bad to go out with like a plugged up yoni, with yoni egg. egg. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's like the, those people were like, if I die, like my friends aren't going to let me go out with like bad makeup, you know, like they're or like, yeah. and, and like, you know, take care of the whole thing. That would be, that would be nice. Put a cork in it, baby. You know? <laughs> Yes. Now, ancient Greece, this one is, God, the Greeks and the Romans are really fucking me up. But um, they use a loaf of bread as a dildo. And allegedly, there are images of breadsticks used as dildos that have circulated and been around for some time. And then they say once again, it's not clear whether or not they were used for religious purposes or for pleasure. Bread. I mean, I, look, I love carbs as much as the next person, but I don't know if I could stick bread in my pussy. Ugh, and even if you dry it, fully dried it out, you would have to pull it out all soggy. Like, yeah. <laughs> just that thought. Not sexy for me. I don't know what how they were using it exactly. But what if it's hard, like one of those hard bread sticks? You know what I mean? True. I guess it would depend on how long it was saturating in there. It would have to be toasted and then shaved down to be smooth. Yeah. And even mm -hmm. then, it would just depend on, you know, where, where you're... I mean, I think I'd rather take a dick. Call me crazy, but... <laughs> <laughs> Call me old-fashioned. Well, this is... I guess this is old-fashioned as well. <laughs> Different kind. <laughs> yeah. So um, there we go. You know, then then we come over to the U.S., right? And we have something called the Andes Vibrator. Wait, sorry. I'm just seeing here oh, yeah. that this... There is a name for this practice. Alice hmm. Bacalix. <laughs> I just had to add that this is like so like this is so established that there's a name like not just it's like an offshoot of like an obelisk anyhow I just yeah that tickles God. me so I mean it has to be true I, I really want to dive more into it um just for myself don't worry I won't subject anyone to listening to more of it but I am really fascinated about the masturbating with bread thing yeah it's kind of on brand 
absolutely absolutely yeah. on <laughs> buttered noodles so um like i said in the 1930s in the u.s we had the andes vibrator <laughs> sorry sorry okay getting it together <laughs> and um this was a vibrator it was advertised as a beauty tool kind of like the clarisonic and it was supposed to promote circulation in the body face and scalp but there were different add-ons and obviously it was assumed that women were being stimulated in a place other than the body, face, and scalp, the clitoris. Then in the 1940s, we had the um, Hollywood Vibratone. It was known as a spot reducer. Once again, it vibrated. And they claimed that by applying vibrations to different problem areas, it could help you lose weight. But this was what the magic wand was modeled after because people obviously ended up using it on their vagina um and what was interesting too is that uh what was i gonna say here blah 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 yes texas had these obscene device laws where texas would prohibit the use of sex aids so all vibrators had to be marketed as personal massagers which i feel like you know why you're always like oh my god why did they call it a personal massager when it's clearly a vibrator it looks like it could have came out of that that's true or I mean, they could have also just taken it back to the 19th century when they would use vibrators as they, they would call, I don't know what the, the name for it was, but they would say that it was a cure for female hysteria. Okay, wait, can we move on to butt plugs then? Because yes. this is our last oh, one and it's kind of like I'm gets getting, into it. I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> Ooh, and I'm getting behind you with butt plugs. <laughs> <laughs> so the story we have here. Basically, like, this is kind of a stretch, but, like, Jennifer Lawrence went on the Conan O'Brien show, and she told a story about how her friend got her a bunch of butt plugs, like a shitload <laughs> of butt plugs, and um, her maid was coming in the hotel, so she just shoved it under the bed, and when she came back, she said that the maid had, like, displayed all of the butt plugs on, like, this beautiful little display on her counter, the bedside table. Um, Bless. Which I feel like... You know, it was just like a funny story that she told. She kept insisting that she didn't use them, but who knows? But the funny history about butt plugs is that they were originally sold as this miracle cure for headaches, acne, and insanity. And medicine used to be obsessed with this question back in the day of, can we fix this by putting something in the asshole? You know how like they used to be obsessed with leaching the bad blood from leeches and for a while, it was all about the butt, and they used to even have these tobacco smoke enemas, and they would blow smoke up people's rectums who were drowning victims, and they thought that it would resuscitate them. It was so popular of a practice that they had these enema kits lining the Thames River, and obviously, they stopped using it because, you know, the lungs aren't super connected to the asshole, so none of these drowning victims were actually revived by this, but, like, people were obsessed with like the butthole being some sort of like magic, I don't know, cure back in the day. Had you heard about any of this? Your eyes are wide. I'm horrified because <laughs> I'm like, what if like, for some of them, like you could have just done the Heimlich and like, you know, push the water out of them. But they were like, quick, turn them over and like blow smoke into their butt. It's like you blow smoke up their ass for real. Maybe that's where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. yes, actually. I, I am wondering now because we know that people were always like horny and creative, but it's really showing that scope with this history um yeah but okay so they they thought it was it was headaches insomnia and insanity it was actually a little bit of everything so this started around the 1940s and there was this guy named dr young actually sorry he first created this in the 1890s and he had the rectal dilators and it was like a bunch it was like maybe five of them right like 
small, medium, large, biggest, whatever. And the instructions told users, you were supposed to self-administer it to yourself, to start with the smallest dilator and work your way up. And you do it, you know, while in a squatting position, hello, Lenny Kravitz, or lying on your side with your knees drawn up, hello, me, using an enema last week, anyway. And then you would put it inside, and then you're supposed to, you know, have your anal muscles close, retain it, stay like that for half an hour or an hour to get the best results. You have to do at least 10 minutes. Then you take it out and you work your way up to the next larger size. And they basically said that this- Set it and forget it. Set it and forget (laughs) it, you know, and just have some fun. And they said that it would help with defecation. It would strengthen and tone your muscles. They said it would help for refreshing sleep, revealing, uh, relieving you of bad breath, clearing your skin tone, getting rid of acne, anemia, insomnia, anorexia, headaches, diarrhea, hemorrhoids, flatulence, nervousness, irritability, and cold extremities. So they basically said that these butt plugs, which by the way, sold for any price between $100,000 and $10,000 respectively. Wow. And it was supposed to help you with everything. And it got so um, out of bounds that the FDA ended up you know, having a case go. It was U.S. versus 67 sets of Dr. Young's rectal dilators. And basically, they ruled out that the claims were not backed up by evidence. But this they guy, Dr. Young. Pulled the Young, plug on this practice. Yeah, they pulled the plug <laughs> right So out. sorry for this. <laughs> but he was also saying in medical journals that these butt plugs would be effective in curing insanity. And I understand the idea of like, you have to be relaxed to let something go inside of your asshole. Well, and but like, like and, and just any no matter what's going wrong in your life like when you go and rub one out you do temporarily feel like oh maybe i'm not that crazy or like maybe things aren't as bad you know there is that that sense of it so yeah you do i mean you you are having endorphins or like hormones or like something that feels good you know flooding your body have you heard of that lady stella berry she's on tiktok she goes on podcast she's like an OnlyFans girl no She's like obsessed with anal sex. She's gone viral because she talks about how she goes from butt to vagina and then she gets sick or how she'll like some guy will have anal with her and then she'll blow him and then eat poop and then get sick from that. Like it's I don't know how much of it, you know, she lies about for her OnlyFans or how much of it is real. But she is she's so similar to Dr. Young because she's like, I need to have anal every day. Otherwise, I'm in a bad mood. And when I have anal, like something about like the butthole opening like it helps everything in my life it makes me feel better it makes me more clear-headed like honestly it's a lot of this stuff that Dr. Young is talking about and I think that there's some benefit to I don't know maybe like moving the butthole around I'm sure it's it's good for it to be open when stuff is coming out I do think that if I'm in a bad mood I'm usually constipated and I do feel better after I take a shit but like I don't know. The idea of like butt plugs helping you out for all of this is wacko. Yeah, I I imagine this has to be for promoting this kind of fetish sort of image for her OnlyFans because maybe there's some humans in the world who are like, I need it. I I need to be pounded in the ass every day. But like, <laughs> yeah. who are they? Because I just I really have a hard time imagining it. Like, it's such an intensive thing like the time saying that that is so like what would the modern like male guy who wants to jerk off here a girl saying i need to be pounded in the ass every day like that's kind of exactly what they want to hear yeah (laughs) yeah but it's like so it's just like trying to be like a fembot or something like i remember um for anyone who watches real housewives of beverly hills like i think they were talking about anal sex last season and erica jane was like 
yeah, all day, every day. And it's like, <laughs> what do you mean all day, every day? You physically can't. Also, like, it takes so much prep before you do anal that, like, that, you really can't do it all day, every day. That's what I'm thinking, too, is it's not just the action itself, but it's the prep. And, like, yeah, I, I'm just trying to, like, even, like, make dinner, like, you know, carve time for, like, the very basics. I'm, I have trouble getting my fucking vagina in gear with UTIs and yeast infections. Forget about the butthole where poop is coming out of it every day. You know, there's a lot going on there. I know. So, yeah, I... I don't know. I, I would imagine it would have to be for the OnlyFans, but maybe there's just some people that they've got the time and it's part of their job. They also love it. I yeah. I don't know. Do women don't have a prostate, do they? I know men have that like prostate no. in their butthole. No, it's just men. But there's pleasure for both, for yeah, both men and women. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know how the super religious folks who are like, this is just for making babies. Like, how do you explain the pleasure yeah. receptors in like a men's? Oh, I could tell you how they explain it. They just go that the devil put it there. You know, it was a test of Satan temptation or something. Satan <laughs> right <laughs> next to the good part. I just remember like anytime I had a question about anything, it's like, well, that's Satan's trickery, you know? So like <laughs> there's the answer. <laughs> okay. It's an easy just catch all. It's the death. The Devil's Why Playground. Not, right? Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Quince. And I love working with Quince because I love bougie things on a realistic, affordable budget, now more than ever, especially. So Quince is fantastic because they offer this range of high quality items, but their prices are within reach. They have everything from clothing and outfits. You can get cashmere sweaters from $50. You can get washable silk tops and dresses. I love silk tops, especially around this time of year if you want to like dress it up but you still don't you know, want to wear a sundress, obviously, because it's cold. They have all items. They are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and they are not branded, which is fantastic. And they also do everything as well as like kitchen items, travel, items for kids, for pets. They've got everything on there. It's a great place to go find gifts too. So give yourself the luxury that you deserve with Quince. You can go to quince.com slash fluently for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That is quince.com slash fluently for free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fluently. And then we'll just wrap up here with uh, you added some good notes here that there are a lot of celebrities who have created sex toys. We have Cara Delevingne. Delevingne. She co-founded a sex toy company, a tech sex toy company. It's like these hands-free devices. And then we have other celebrities who kind of like slapped their name onto dildos. Um, and see who, who added this list. Yes, well, I'm sorry, I surprised you. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just going to say that looking at the list of celebrities that have, you know, they say they created this sex toy. It was more like they just you know, teamed up or they did a little collab yeah. slapping their name on a sex toy, which is fine. Um, get your money. But the list of them was really making it seem like this is the new perfume where celebrities would just come yeah. out with a perfume. And they're still doing that, but it was like Dakota Johnson, which is hilarious given the adjacent to Gwyneth Paltrow life. Mm -hmm. um, they're not, yeah. they're not so different after all. Um, Christina Aguilera, made a lube um demi lovato lily allen this love island contestant megan barton hansen cardi b coco austin who's ice t's wife so it's just yeah if you are a celebrity who is a list or anywhere down the alphabet get get yourself uh get your name on a sex toy I mean, it's better than an eyeshadow palette but it is also funny because like i always find it crazy and I, let me know what you think 
whenever people are like, oh my God, like all these different sex toys, I kind of consider a sex toy like a good shoe or something. Like I have two different vibrators. One's like the clit sucker, which like I hate that it's called that, but whatever. And the other is like the wand. I don't really need any more than that. So whenever I like see like, and this one like does this angle and that one does that, I'm like, dude, I could masturbate with like a vibrating toothbrush. Like all it takes is like a little vibration. So I do always find it funny when people are like, this like vibrator like is the new one and we need it. I'm like, I don't think you do. I know. And I don't know. Maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm boring or whatever, but yeah, I have the one and it works for me and I don't really need to reinvent the wheel. That said, I have a whole cabinet of like makeup products that I never use. So yeah, like if it's just something that's fun to collect and you like to be creative, I'm like, good. Maybe you're having more fun than me. Didn't I send it in our group chat, the goop vibrator? It's for $98. You can find it on the website and it honestly looks beautiful. It kind of made me want to get one. I was like, well, I could have two, you know, I know. one for travel, one I for ha- home. <laughs> I have an even bougier one, actually. It's from this company, Lilo. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're like really high end. And I got a really fancy one because the one. Wait, that- what's the name of it? I'm going to look it up. Um, oh, Let me. Find- it's like this round. They're the ones that make the 24 karat gold one. Yeah, it's not r- carat, but it's it's round. It's, it's like completely round. It has a little like, it's just kind of for whatevs like you use it on the outside but Uh um what was I gonna say oh yeah the reason why I got a fancy one was because I was single for so long and I had this vibrator and started making this high-pitched squealing noise and it just made me feel (laughs) really sad and single like (laughs) like my my vibrator was like quitting on me so I'm like I'm getting a fancy one that's never gonna do this to me (laughs) yeah the one I got was also like a hundred dollar one but you know then you have it for life basically you know unless you're a Samantha Jones who wears it out um, oh yeah, I'm seeing some of these on the website, some of the circular ones. Yeah, and they're God, this is like the Tesla vibrators. This is no, good looking. I know this was yeah, this was right at the start. I, like I was so single for so many years before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, and I was like, okay, well now it's indefinite amount of time. <laughs> I'm going to be single, so I'm going to get it. that and the squealing vibrator. I was like, okay, this is really pathetic, <laughs> pathetic feeling right now. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna arm up. Um, yeah. Did it squeal like a goat? It it squealed like a like a dying goat. Honestly, it was so loud. Like it it was yeah. It was the sound of um, like I I loved being single, um, but that just made me sad about it. So I upgraded. Then I was fine with it. Yeah, I feel you. And I will say for anyone who's looking to buy a vibrator, don't do what I did for my first one. I got it off of Groupon, and it had these buttons <laughs> that weren't actual buttons. They were kind of like touch screen buttons, but like. They, you had to touch them in like the right angle. God, it kind of reminded you of a woman's clitoris, you know, like, and it was so hard to turn on and off. Like you had to try like five different times. Okay. And sometimes you need to quickly turn your vibrator off. And there was a moment where um, in college, the cleaner walked in, in the room, I was masturbating and I couldn't turn it off. So I just put the covers over my head. No. She took my trash can out <gasps> and the buzzing sound just continued and I could not find a way to turn it off. No. I wanted to die. She didn't open the door and close it again? Like she she went and took out the well, trash? They would come in to like take out the trash and stuff like that. And my bed was right by the door oh, next to the trash. Mm-hmm. So she opened up the door, oh, grabbed no, the trash can, no. emptied it out, put it back in and then left. And I finished. No, I'm just kidding. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Some wires across that day. Okay. I found the name of mine. It's the Aura 3, O-R-A 3 from Lilo. And yes, Lilo. it's bougie. Don't, don't add me for the 
This is my one and done Ooh. sex toy. It oh, God, this is pretty. Yeah, it doesn't look like a sex toy, which I've also left it out and forgotten it. And then it looks like Evie from Wally. <laughs> like that is what her vagina would look like. And that's my <laughs> secret fetish. Um... <laughs> oh, God. Well, dude, Emily, I cannot thank you enough for coming on for this episode. I feel like we might have to do a part two, okay? Because, you know, unless everybody listens to this and they're like, that was the most disgusting <laughs> thing I've ever heard before. But I just find it fun. I find it interesting. And like, I, I want to know, like, People back in 2000 BC, what did they do that was similar to us? Not much because they were using, you know, breadsticks and goat bladders, but we were kind of joined together in what we were trying to accomplish, which is important. Yeah. One common goal, just (laughs) getting it on, rubbing, rubbing one out. (laughs) The orgasm felt around the world. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Let us, uh, your Patreon and your podcast. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on because everybody loves listening to your show. Oh, gosh. Um, well, thanks for having me on. I feel like we could just talk forever. Um, <laughs> I just lose track of time. Um, but yeah, so everything is, it's become a whole thing on my podcast, Patreon, TikTok, and I cover the best and worst of unscripted television. So like the craziest moments in reality TV history um, and a lot of documentaries on cults and um unfortunate hollywood stories so Mm. yeah all that stuff a little bit of um a little bit of like early 2000s trashy tv some bravo yes and i love your patreons you and sammy do great episodes over on there so if anybody wants to check that out it is definitely worth it so Thank you for coming on and indulging me in my uh, creepy desires here. And everybody listening, we will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys.